Hello, everyone. We are back with another Hello. episode. And uh, yeah, we're we're happy to be back. We um been away for a couple weeks, but we're back. And a uh, happy 2023 to everyone, by the way. Um, we're we're in the new year, so uh, happy 2023. And as always, I am joined by my sister and one of the most awesome people I know, Jesse Drew. Jesse, how are you today? Hey Jeff, what a thank you. I wish you a very happy new year, as well as our loyal listeners. Guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, doing really well. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I um since since we've been gone, uh I've watched quite a few horror movies. Um to wrap up uh 2022 i saw some really good ones and maybe a couple of those might sneak into an episode or two um at some point this year but um but yeah it i've been doing pretty well yeah i can't complain awesome have you seen megan i have not seen megan (gasps) i really i want to have you seen it yes i saw it oh my goodness okay you yeah you need to you need to watch it that's okay. all i'm gonna say okay <laughs> all right I, I mean i was already sold i was gonna watch it but now like it's it's got the the sister stamp of approval <laughs> I'm, I'm there like i'm i'm gonna watch it now so um, yeah you're gonna so, like it good good i i had that thought process i was like i think i'm gonna like that movie but um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you, um, a couple of the movies that I saw to in 2022 and, um, kind of go into 2023. So I saw smile. Ooh. Yeah. I don't want to ask you how it was because maybe that might be a, you know, it could be a future episode. Yeah. I'll just say that, um, that's a movie that sticks with you. It's a movie that sticks with you. Okay. Um, I saw Barbarian. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I Another not, movie. That did not get it. Go ahead. I was just going to say another movie that really, really sticks with you. Like, okay. really sticks. It looked like and, it. It looked like it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I and I'll say this for anyone, any of our listeners, if you haven't seen Barbarian, do yourself a favor. Don't look anything up about the movie. Go into it without with as little knowledge as you can. And that's it. Don't don't look up spoilers. Don't look up, don't even look up the plot synopsis. Oh God, no! Not unless you want spoilers too. You never know. Yeah, yeah who's you never spoil know. It and who's not? Yeah, so don't look at that. And then um, the other movie that I saw was the menu. I wanted to. Oh, at first I didn't want to see that because I thought it looked very pretentious. Mm-hmm. Then that you know they were playing the heck out of that at the movie theaters as a trailer, like before every single movie. Um, 
to it got to the point where I was like, all right, now I need to see this, and I didn't get a chance to. Uh, that might be yeah. a, like a you know coming soon, so I yeah. won't ask you how it was. <laughs> the uh, only, it was, the only, um, it was, so it was really good. Yeah, it was really, it was really good. <laughs> the only um horror movie I got to partake in before the end of the year was I actually watched the new 2017 version of it and it part two Ooh. chapter two. Yeah. And I got to say that, um, uh, the new Pennywise kind of a cutie, kind of a cutie. I was not, I mean, I see where the fear would come in, but I was like, ah, he's kind of cute. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was I, it, it was good. It was it was really good. It was compelling, um, and I don't know. I I'm glad I saw it. I'm you know I'm really glad I saw it. Yeah, it was. I I enjoyed both of those. I know some a lot of people have something to say about the second one because of the CGI and some you know some of the effects in there. I I enjoyed oh, it. Like I I enjoyed know, it I, too. What's to say? I, oh yeah, my god, what I would it have been better? Like like strings, you know, pulling Beverly up and holding her up. I mean, right. you know what I'm saying? I don't know, whatever. Right. There's always gonna be people who nay say, but I thought they did a good job. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's against and, my um, approval. And I know we talked about this via text, but at some point in 2023, we will get a series on HBO Max. Welcome to Dairy. So if you're a fan of it yep. and Pennywise, you will see that at some point in 2020. Looking forward to that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, we have a movie. Uh, we're, we're not going to, uh, th this is going to be a shorter episode um, than, than we typically do, but uh, we have a movie that we, we watched that we um, want to talk about this uh, today. And, um, it's Nanny 2022 um, Nanny, which is streaming on Amazon Prime Video uh, right now. So um, if you we, we're going to try to dance around spoilers, but there's going to be some things that we have to talk about um, in detail. So I'll say if you haven't watched this film, pause the episode, go watch it and then come back. So. Uh, I'm going to give you a, a second to pause it. All right. So that that was your warning. You, you, you've been warned. So um, 2022's <laughs> Nanny, um, and I, I hope that I say this right. I actually went and watched a few interviews. Um, Nikayatu Jusu is the director mm -hmm. and writer. Um, and this is her directorial debut so um you know this this is well i'll get to what i think about it but um this is her directorial debut this is a blumhouse film um this stars anna diop as uh, aisha uh, michelle moynihan who we're going to talk about i have i have thoughts about her character um among others, I, I thought this was a really good cast, um, you know, mixing in some folks that I've seen before and folks that I haven't 
so I thought this was a really good, um, really good casting uh, for this film. But uh, so essentially, this is the story of Aisha who has um, immigrated uh, from Senegal, I believe, um, to America, and she's in New York, and um, she has a child uh, back in Senegal. And uh, she's there to work to um, to chase this American dream and to uh, bring her son uh, here so uh, her son can experience life in America and, um, you know, some of the uh, opportunities and, and things um, that are um, different than uh, than what they are in Senegal. And um, she is, is she's becoming a nanny and she uh this is she meets amy who's played by michelle moynihan um and her daughter rose and she gets the job um to become the nanny for rose and um she goes to the house has a, a really good rapport with uh with rose and they kind of hit it off and that makes amy feel a little bit better and um so you know, we we start to see um, Aisha get into the routine of things, and then uh, we're introduced to uh, Amy's husband Adam, uh, who's a photographer. And uh, <laughs> you can't see us right now, but it, so for for folks, you you can't see us. But Jesse, as I said, the name Adam, um, and you have to watch to <laughs> to understand. She is shaking her head um, <laughs> very adamantly um, when it comes to Adam because, yeah, it, he's not a good character. And, um, you know, so we so in the beginning, you know, we we get some glimpses of um, of some kind of, you know, dream sequences, thinking about her son and, um, you know, kind of what he may be going through. Um, she has a dream that I'll be honest with you, Jesse, the dream that she had uh, where the water is in the room is to me. And because of my fear of water um, in some ways uh, is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. I agree. Was, what, did, what did you think about that scene? It's unnerving. It, it like, it gets you, it gets you nervous and, and uncomfortable and scared all at once. And it kind of gets you into that position, I think, to kind of get you in the right mind state. You can't be like in a happy, like giggles mood when you're watching this movie. And that's not a bad thing. You know, this movie provokes a lot of thought, a lot of emotion, um, specifically, introspection you know um we see our main character constantly reflecting on the here and now where she is and she is in relation to her little boy um and this movie is heartbreaking as as a it mom is. you know as a as a mom of a little boy myself i can't imagine what it would be to leave my my son halfway across the world to be in another country to 
watch another person's little child. That's so odd to me. That's one of the things that struck me as most odd. Like she's doing the work so that she can, you know, be paid well, but she's doing the work of being a mom to someone else's kid. Like that's so bizarre. It's, it sets, I think it sets, because I mean, you know, when you write a movie, you make a movie, you can make it whatever you want. So she didn't have to be a nanny. She could have been a nurse or, you know, any, or work at the deli, you know, or a bodega, whatever, you know, but they had her be a nanny, like, because this is contemporary. This is the plight of many women coming from other countries who are here legally and illegally. And they're just trying to make enough bread to send home, to send back home and maybe bring their families over. So, I mean, that dream put us in the right, I think in the right like mood for all the things that were coming. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that really just, it set the tone. I mean, it was already like a creepy tone it was kind of an eerie tone to start out with just um how things i mean even the introduction to things it kind of was a little bit uh kind of eerie and dark and ominous feeling and once you get to that dream sequence i mean it's just yeah you know this is going to be dark this is going to be heartbreaking heart-wrenching um so yeah this is it, it it i'll be honest with you i don't know that i'll watch it again not because it's not a good film but because it's so difficult it's such a it's such totally a totally agree yeah I, I totally agree same reasons i actually recommended this movie to a friend of mine um ray i told him you know, if you want to, because he was asking, like, what's a really good movie, a good quality movie that you've seen most recently? And I said, Nanny, but um, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. It's because it's, I mean, it's so well done that it's it's a hard one to take towards the end, you know? Yeah. 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 Really, it really is. Um, oh, but it I took will... the, um, I was going to tell you, it took the, um, it took the top prize at Sundance, the grand jury prize. Right, um, right. Yeah, I I was amazed. I mean, I was honestly, I was amazed that I shouldn't. I guess I shouldn't be amazed at Sundance, but like, there's a lot of movies that come out. There's a lot of good movies that flow through Sundance, and I was just amazed and really pleased that they chose this one um, as its grand jury prize winner. And then apparently there was a you know there was a mini war to you know, buy the rights to the movie. And uh, Jason Blum took the cake, you know, he took home the prize. Um, and yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad he did. I'm glad, you know, and he, he said, like, I'm really excited to add this to like our stable, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm glad he did because I think the, I think for Blumhouse and this is just me riffing for a second, but like, I think for Blumhouse, the more kind of serious, uh, scary movies, um, that he's got in the lot with the rest of them. I think that's good. I think that's good for his, for his, um, movie, movie house. And I don't know, I'm all down for, I'm down for a, you know, an, a good movie brand. 
you know, like if it's if it's a Blumhouse to to think like, okay, then it could be good instead of like, oh, it's a Blumhouse, it's probably crappy. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like that. I like that a lot. So anywho, just my two cents. Yeah, it was it, yeah. So I I wanna talk a little bit about since since we've had since you had the reaction with Adam, uh, one one of the things that we find out very early on is that um Aisha is she's working first off she gets grossly underpaid so let's start there she's grossly underpaid because Amy the mother of Rose is extremely aware of the situation that Aisha's in um so she knows that she needs a job she knows that she needs the money and they grossly miss you know underpay her um and not only do they underpay her but they forget to pay her quite often to the point where Aisha has to confront Adam about paying her and you know and and as we go on in the movie we realize the importance of why she's doing what she's doing. She's trying to get her son here and they're delaying this. They, they are a, a, a block of a, a hurdle for her when it comes to being able to send money. So her son can come to America. Uh, so I, I want to start here. Um, start with the the two characters that um, <laughs> that I don't think anyone will like. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion first on Amy and then on Adam. Um, Amy, just coming into it, Amy is sort of despicable in a way that I can't describe, and maybe there's better words to describe it. But she's sort of despicable. She's the type of mother that we all love to hate on. You know, she's a career, a mom. She's, you know, I don't really understand what she does. I'm sure that it's mentioned one time or another. Something having to do with she works amongst a lot of men. I don't know. Maybe she's a lawyer. I'm not sure. But she mentions, like, how she has to fight to be taken seriously and then fight to, like, get a place at the boys' table, et cetera, et cetera. And, like, that's sort of her excuse for not paying um the nanny well or like actually just what she's owed um she leaves her with a long list of phone numbers and it's kind of mentioned in the trailer and you know right away that she's got that her daughter rose has a therapist or rose is like all of five years old or something like that um you know, and Aisha is just kind of like, okay, okay, okay. And then she feeds her. Um, Rose doesn't want to eat the food that her mother leaves for her, which is like, you know, straight up like kale on the stalk and other like, you know, vegetables. And Aisha has, you know, delicious Senegalese food. And that's what Rose wants. And the family's been thrilled that she's been eating, but they don't know she's been eating Aisha's food. And the mother, I mean, she just takes that and has a heart attack all over the place. And you're just like, lady, your daughter is eating. What does it matter? 
you know, and I love the scenes where Aisha calls her out on on all of this, you know, she calls Amy out on it. She says, you know, she throws like the stalk of, of kale down on the table and says like, this is what you want your daughter to eat. Well, she's not eating it, you know, and she just really comes at her so nastily that Aisha doesn't have a choice really, but to kind of really throw back at her. Um, she seems like a desperate, and despicable character. And I say both because I think that she, I think that Amy is desperate for something. I can't quite tell. It's never really sure. Like if she's desperate for her husband's affection, her, desperate for her job to be more, you know, um, accepting of her, desperate to have her child love her. Um, She's desperate for something, which almost makes her a sympathetic character, but then the dis despicableness comes in the fact that she totally mistreats Aisha. She's got no patience for her. On the surface, everything's fine, but just the, just the fact that she doesn't pay her her due wages mm -hmm. and, that I, and that Aisha's got to go to Adam to ask for what's owed her is sick. And she knows what she's doing. Or even if she doesn't know what she's doing, she's not doing it on purpose, she's still doing it on purpose because she's got time for everything else except what to, you know, to figure out how much she needs to pay her nanny this week. Like, that's ridiculous. Of course, that should be a priority. So boo to Amy. Then we'll, we'll, we're getting to Adam. Adam also presents as, at first, like, an interesting character. He's... A photographer who travels all around the world um, and, you know, makes um, documentary style photographs that Aisha sees on the walls. Um, she He seems to love his daughter. You know, when he comes home, they have like a, a welcome home party. He's all about his daughter. Um, and then he does the most cliche thing that you'll ever expect him to do was when Aisha's asking for her back wages to be paid, he kisses her. Aisha, uh, we didn't mention is extremely beautiful. Um, you know, but that has no bearing and that's, it's grossly inappropriate. He just, you know, just goes to her and starts kissing her and she, you know, breaks away and is like, yeah, no thanks. Um, so he crosses that line and then after he's the one who crosses the line, he threatens her. It's like it's like a very subtle threat. And he's like, well, don't tell Amy, okay? And she just doesn't say anything. And he's like, you know, Amy could make your life a lot harder if she wanted to. So he starts threatening her. I'm guessing the wife's a lawyer. I'm guessing Amy's a lawyer because that's, you know, kind of like throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, knowing that she's not document that she's undocumented, you know, so... It's just gross all over the place. Just give the woman what she's owed, people. And I don't want to throw the W word around, you know, but it's like it is a point because it shows the distribution of wealth in our country is skewed towards white people, you know, versus, you know, um, immigrants, people of color, and people who are here, you know, without documents which are all people of color. So, 
you know, it's just it. The movie's telling you, the movie's reporting back to you on. It's almost like a tired trope, but it doesn't feel like it in this movie because these issues are current. So Adam and Amy really represent like, you know, real people in real time. This is really happening. This particular story happens in Manhattan. This could happen anywhere, but in big cities, it's more likely to, you know, occur. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Amy and, and Adam are, I mean, like you said, they're despicable. Um, that's a really good word for them um, because they are they what they do throughout this movie to me it, it just oh it it, it kind of makes you sick in some ways um very it, much yeah like it it's just it's gross you know just kind of you almost want to take a shower yeah i mean i remember babysitting you know, as as a younger person, it was always babysitting for white people. And I can just tell you, like, and I wasn't looking at these situations, you know, as uh, jumping off points for, you know, a political agenda that I had. I was just a kid babysitting, you know, or a young woman babysitting. And I always felt uncomfortable in white people's houses. There's just, there's just something that I couldn't, get comfortable in, you know, and it's, I'm just, I'm coming from my perspective, people, I've got nothing against white people, my husband's white, you know, a lot of my friends are white, I'm not coming at it trying to hate, I'm just coming at it from the experience of a person of color entering that world in which you watch the children and take the money from the white people, and you stay in their house, and it was just so, it was just such a culture shock from, um, being around, you know, Latin people, um, where it's so different. They're so welcoming. There's a warmth. Um, again, not trying to make generalizations against white people, but my experiences have been such where it's always been very cold, you know, um, can't get, get comfortable, don't understand the, their ways. Um, and, I don't know, but they always seem to have these like kind of removed relationships from their kids. Mm-hmm. So it just, I mean, the, I just felt like this movie really nailed down a lot of what I'd experienced and I've never been a nanny, but what I'd experienced, you know, in my career as a babysitter. Wow. Like that's, I, I experienced this from, from a different angle. My grandmother, um, my dad's mother, was a nanny, housekeeper, um, worker for a family in town. And, you know, I, not saying that her experience was anything like Aisha, because she had the exact opposite experience. I mean, to the point where I still keep in touch with the family. That's um, nice. Yeah. So, um, you know, and anytime like I'm like, man, you know, I'm missing, I'm missing my grandma, you know, I'll call and say, tell me a story right. and, you know, and I'll get a story. So, um, but 
Yeah, so I mean, thank you for sharing that because I mean, just seeing this play out on screen is like it's heartbreaking. And it's heart this movie is heartbreaking in so many different ways that it's just uh, that's why it's such a tough watch. Um but, you know, there was um kind of moving on a little bit and we'll kind of pick up the pace here, but um Malik. Um Aisha meets Malik. I like Malik. Uh, yeah, I like Malik. He's a cool dude. Like I, I really, really love Malik and his Yeah, character. thank God for him in this movie. Um yeah, I mean you he's the he's the very needed bright spot. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got an, an incredible heart. Um so um you know he he's very needed. He he's he's a needed kind of just juxtaposition to some of the other things that are going on in the movie and um and, and we also meet Malik's grandmother and you know I, I want to get into this um because I, I just I just want to have a brief discussion on African lore and um kind of African mythology and you know through through this movie we get introduced to Mami Wata and um Anansi uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about Mami Wata is like a mermaid like figure and Anansi's essentially a spider figure and um so I I wanted to talk to you a little bit um because after she had that she met Malik's grandmother she's starting to talk about some of the visions and dreams that she's seeing and having and some of the uh imagery and the um I'm I'm losing the word here but you know some of the things that she's seeing in her dreams um she's kind of got an explanation for some of those things what do you think about the introduction of African lore in this particular story and and what do you make of how it was executed? I think it was executed brilliantly. I think the introduction of Malik's grandmother was crucial um, to give those ideas um, a, like a stable base and one that you can trust, that you feel like this is okay, this is safe to trust what she's saying. Um, I very much was was sort of like dazzled if i don't know i know that's kind of dazzle has like sort of like this like positive connotation whereas these visions that poor aisha is seeing and she's being tormented by Mm -hmm. she's she senses something's wrong and she's seeing that manifest in these visions of anansi of you know, of uh, the rising water, of being held down in water in her dreams and in her waking life, which start to sort of bleed together. Um, then you have Malik's grandmother telling her, okay, what are these, the, these, like, these symbols, the, these dreams, these visions are trying to tell you something or trying to warn you of something, so to speak. And what is that? Like, that's what you have to be looking for. And like, that's, 
I, I think that it's wonderful because we get the treat of hearing about this African folklore. I, I had read I had read the story of Anansi the spider to my son when he was little. And actually I think it was many stories in one book. And then um, a friend of mine had, an old friend of mine had uh, written a song um, dedicated to Mami Wata. So I had, I didn't really know too much about her, but I had been exposed to her and to the idea of her um, very powerful figure. And to Aisha, um, seeing things that don't kind of, for her, don't make sense and scary. Um, you know, it's difficult for her to sort of, to come to grips with that. She's not sure whether she's like, you know, coming or going, so to speak. Is she, is she and we, and as the audience, we're like, is she losing her mind? Is she slipping? Is she's, ha she's having hallucinations? But then we have Malik's grandmother telling us like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. It's, it can be just that you're having like these these symbols that are so precious to us in our culture are trying to warn you of something, whether that's like, you know, we understand is in like a Jungian way with archetypes, but for that culture, or if that's like a magical, you know, putting a magical realistic spin on things, it doesn't really matter. The point is, is that she's coming into contact with these beings that are, like she but you know coming into contact with her in her mind and in her mind's eye but she can't quite understand what it is they're trying to tell her and it's frightening i think it's really i think it's what gives the movie it's like horror genre you know the am i losing my mind because this is terrifying or am i not losing my mind and it's still terrifying like i've been in that position before and personally, and it is, it's extremely, you know, uh, panic inducing. And you see her like panicking at times mm -hmm. and kind of losing her balance. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the treatment of the lore and the explanations of, you know, what these figures are, are trying to do. Um, I, I felt like it it was done very well, I, I I do. Um, the the visions are tormenting. Um, they they oh my gosh they're tormenting. But um, and you know I'll kind of skip ahead here. Um, to me, you know, even though you know we see. Mami Wata, and we see Anansi. I don't think that anything up to that point was as horrific, obviously, as what was to come. And I, you know, I I look at it as like, yeah, it was in in some ways scary and powerful, and um, and honestly, you know brought her to the to the brink um but at the same time it was almost like a, a preparation for what she would have to endure um once we once we get to the end of the film and 
just out of respect for the film, out of respect for all of you, I know that we say we're going to try to keep the spoilers out, that we may have spoilers. I, I don't want to um, I don't want to give away the ending. And the reason I, I say that is because I think with an ending to a movie like this, it's important to experience it how you experience it. Um, I, I feel like when it comes to people like, like ourselves who review films and, you know, we watch a ton of film and we, you know, we we're thinking about it from, from critical places at times and, you know, trying to critique certain things and then, uh, comprehend the story. I think this is the type of movie where you have to experience it first. Um, you have to experience it for yourself. And you have to walk away from the film with your own interpretations of what you just saw and what you just witnessed. Um, as Jesse alluded to, um, as a mother, it's it's a heartbreaking um, ending to the movie. Um, I can say that as a father is devastating to witness um and i think the one thing that i'll say about it is and kudos to uh ana Diaz because the way that she carried out those emotions and carried out those scenes was so gut-wrenching and so emotional that you could you could feel like i could almost feel her angst i could feel her terror and her just her heart shattering like i could i could feel things that to be honest very rarely have I been able to connect with a character in that way where I was able to like feel what they were portraying on screen. Totally. When she was holding the coat at the airport, oh. Oh. I just, I was right there. I was like, I, I might have to turn this off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just so much. It was so much. She's yeah. amazing. I hope yeah. that she, I hope that she gets a thousand good roles you know, yeah. in the future, she's an amazing actress, yeah. and Malik too, and just all of them. Everybody did a great job. Mm -hmm. Jeff, do you think we should um, throw down our ratings real quick? Yeah, I, I think so. I think we're uh, we're we're at the point where we don't want to give away too much more of the movie. Yeah, but um, okay. So the way we do our ratings, if you're new, is we rate them on headstones. Uh, one being you can probably skip it, and five being you need to watch it. All right. So out of five, where are you, Jesse, with your rating of Nanny? Um, I want to say four and a half. Mm -hmm. um, and that's only because I kind of wish we got a little bit more backstory on Aisha. I yeah. wish, I wish that, um, yeah, pretty much it. Because on I was gonna say on Amy and Adam, but like you really don't need the backstory on them. They're they're like they're just the symbols. 
you know, so yeah, I'd give it four and a half. What about you? Um, I would give this film four and a half. I would, I think this is probably one of the best movies that I'll never watch a second time. Um, that, that's, nice. I, I can honestly say that this, this was a great film. Um, and for this to be the directorial debut. Wow. I cannot wait to see what's next. I cannot wait to see what's next for her. Yeah, totally. Uh, I hope um I hope Jordan Peele writes a script and then she directs it. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, me too. And then last before <laughs> we go, uh quickly, I and I I'm I know the answer to this. I know my answer. Um another okay. rating system that we do uh on this show is would you get a tattoo? So would you get a tattoo of anything from this film? Um probably not. Um the the symbols are really potent and they're beautiful, but they're also really dark and deadly. So I'm, you know, I try to keep that off of my body. What about you? I would not get any yeah. from this from this film for the same reasons you you mentioned. So yeah. Well I yeah, this was a great film. Uh I if you haven't great watched film. it go watch it uh it's on amazon prime um please go watch it yeah please please do please do please yeah do. it's amazing it's a great way i think to start off year 2023 by watching a movie that's got so much character and quality and depth to it um that's it i guess oh uh -huh. <laughs> uh, well, jesse it's good to see you and talk with you um Same. and uh, We'll do it again, uh, and we'll let you guys know um, what we got coming up next. So thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye, guys. Thank you. Game over.